0: Welcome to the Empowered Podcast with Deanna Merlino, a personal development show where I will be sharing with you just how to transform yourself into the best version of you, both inside and out. From fitness and nutrition to business and positive mindset work, I'll be showing you exactly how to live your best life. I'll be keeping it as real and raw as it gets. So get ready to peel back the layers and really transform yourself under the surface because nothing is better than finding your purpose and living this life as your true, authentic self. Welcome back, my Empowered fam. I am so excited to be here with you today. I have an incredible guest for you. I already know today is going to be a wild one, so buckle up. Let me go ahead and get her introduced. Today I have Kaylee Danu, and she is a life coach, a psychic medium, and public speaker. After earning her master's degree in clinical psychology, she realized that working in the world of mainstream mental health didn't allow her to incorporate an aspect she found crucial in her own healing journey, her spirituality. She recently gave a TEDx talk titled, How I Found Joy by Embracing Suffering, and just launched a podcast of her own, the Scrappy Soul Podcast. Kaylee believes that joy is our birthright and is passionate about helping people find theirs. Um, I mean, that was like a perfect synopsis for you, but welcome, Kaylee. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm so
1: excited to be here. <laughs>
0: I can't even imagine how today is going to go. So honestly, let's <laughs> get started by like giving me your you know, your background info, whatever you want to add to that, just kind of jumping right in, yeah.
1: So trigger warning. <laughs> I um yeah my story is a bumpy one so how I arrived here usually I start right in the middle by talking about my most lethal suicide attempt that happened when I was 18 years old uh when I was 18 years old I hanged myself and I died a medical death I was without oxygen for an, a period of time and I stopped my heart stopped beating. And this was not the first time I had attempted suicide, but it was the most severe. And in retrospect, it really turned as uh, um, served as a turning point in my journey because up until that point, I had been pretty certain that I would die by suicide. I, I spent the 10 years prior to that really chronically mentally ill, struggling with depression, eating disorder. You know, I was drinking quite a lot. And I was just certain that I would die by suicide. It wasn't like a, if it was just a matter of when and how, and after, you know, that wasn't the first time I had, um, attempted to end my life, but it was, you know, like I died (laughs) and I came back and something in me in my 18 year old misery, even then was like, okay, like this is pretty crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know it was intuition at the time, but it it was that I was like, this makes no sense that I should be here and not only be here still, but also like walking, talking, breathing, cognitively performing. Like I lost nothing. Like I didn't skip a beat, and I was dead. Um, My mom uh, guesses between like eight to 12 minutes. Um, Wow. So like quite some time, you know, the brain starts shutting down after about four minutes of, of no oxygen. And like, it's like, so I, something in me knew that like, well, shit. Like we. <laughs> oh, can I swear on here? Sorry. Yeah. Yep. How oh, about it? Just, <laughs> something in me was like, all right. Well, get back to the drawing board, I guess. So I had been in therapy, and I had been prescribed um, psychotropic medication for years prior to that. But I, you know, like you know just as well as I do, the power of intention, right? Like. Mm-hmm. If I don't care to make any of this work, I'm not going to. And so I right. didn't. But after that, it was like this begrudging epiphany that I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll try now. And so I started and I, it, it was it was painful and I didn't like it. Um, but I did have this knowing that if I was still going to be here... It wasn't to like live a mundane, small existence, um, mm-hmm. but I knew that I had to feel better to to get to like kind of like the greatness that I assumed was was guaranteed for me. And so that looked like just really digging into all the shit that I had been avoiding looking at for the last the eighteen years prior to that. And then um, I knew that I really I was always helped passionate about helping people. Uh, like mm-hmm. even in high school, even though I was like miserable every summer, I worked for Habitat for Humanity and in soup kitchens and teaching refugee children how to read. Like I was always really, really passionate about helping people. Um, uh, I just love people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I knew that if I was going to be alive, I might as well make a career out of that. And what I knew was like the Western model of psychology. Cause I had been in therapists. I had seen psychiatrist. So I went to school, I got my bachelor's in psychology, I got my master's degree in clinical psychology. I wanted to be a PhD of clinical psychology because I thought that I needed to be a doctor in order to be worth anything. Wow. And then because my I was doing all the right things in grad school, you know, like exercising, meditating, talking with friends, going to therapy, taking my meds, and I kind of hit a wall. And I would need my medication increased, like periodically still. And I was like this again, like my intuition talking, but I didn't know that that's Mm -hmm. what it was at the time. But I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like I clearly I'm not getting at something. And so in rural Pennsylvania of all places, I found this spiritual community and started kind of slowly tiptoeing towards this and then jogging and then sprinting towards this (laughs) path of spiritual, more holistic healing that has uh, brought me to where I sit today. So I, you know, people ask me a lot, like what my stance is on therapy and medication. And the bottom line is I wouldn't be alive without it. I would Mm -hmm. not be alive without traditional models of psychotherapy and without psychotropic medication. There's just no way there's no way I would have Mm -hmm. survived without it and I there was a point at which I like surrendered to the fact that I'll just be one of those people that's on medication for the rest of my life and like that's okay and then of course once I like released that attachment I started healing and working with my psychiatrist and my shaman in tandem figure that one out for me right um and now I haven't been on meds I haven't been on meds in a very long time um three or four years. And, uh, like, it's just, it, I mean, it abides by all the laws of the universe that you you read about <laughs> on the internet and like hear yep. about, but you never like, I feel like it's, it's seldom do we understand them in practice as they're unfolding. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, but that's, you know, like when I look back, I can very plainly see how it was always working, you know, the law of attraction and, some fate and some free will were always working to get me where I wanted to be, right? A place where I really love life and I'm so incredibly fulfilled in the work that I do. But I had no idea that I was gonna be a psychic medium when I was in graduate school studying clinical psychology. Like yeah, that's what? wild. <laughs> that's hysterical actually. Wow. How did you find your shaman? Uh, technically Tinder. (laughs) So I through through an ex through an ex boyfriend. Okay. Um. So I had been studying Kabbalah for a couple months with a spiritual mentor in Pennsylvania, and I had met uh, this guy on Tinder, and like we clicked immediately. Like as I was getting ready for our first date, I was like, "Huh, what do you wear?" on a first date with your boyfriend, like, <laughs> cause I just like knew um, <laughs> that we were going to be like, and we did of course. And again, like, it's so funny. Cause he uh, still at the time. I didn't like think I was psychic. I didn't like mm-hmm. really honor my intuition completely, but I, there it was working. Like I knew that this was just like a formality that we were going on a first date. But anyway, he <laughs> um, was working with this shaman. She's located in Australia and he would just like, kind of like sprinkle in bits and pieces about working with her. And I was like, would it be like a conflict of interest? Like, would Mm -hmm. I be able to see her? Should we have a session together? And he was like, oh, by all means, like go for it. And never look back. It's been like how four years that I've been working with her and it's been – Yeah, so, so pivotal because that was exactly around the time that I was getting clear on what I wanted from my life, like around the time Mm -hmm. that I was getting clear on what I wanted from my career, because I was Mm -hmm. very quickly realizing therapy is not it. Like I'm happy to do it after I graduate so that I can like continue my healing work and like figuring my stuff out. But like, this is Mm -hmm. not where I retire. No way. And then I met Kim and I was like, oh, she's definitely got a lot of pieces that I want to be when I grow up. You know, like this woman Mm -hmm. fully expressed. She's talking about dragons. She's got these huge crystals. She's got like all the things in her office. And she's talking to me in a way that like, I've always longed to like converse, like, like, um, like speaking a language that I knew, but I didn't know I knew. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was such a gift, like in in so many ways for my healing, but also for like my actualization. Would you be
0: comfortable um, explaining what a shaman is for anyone who is unaware with like this kind of verse?
1: Yeah. So a shaman is an indigenously trained individual. So the, the, I guess, like theory or philosophy that they operate under is that when an individual experiences trauma, parts of our souls splinter off. And the shaman specializes in utilizing various techniques to kind of retrieve those fractured pieces and help you bring them back into, like, alignment uh, with your soul to, like, reintegrate those pieces of you back into you. Uh, and they use, like, meditation and trance and intuitive powers to, like, meet that end.
0: I literally yeah, right. just heard that theory very recently, and I was, like, mind blown. Like, I mean, I... I think was never, the one that said that to you. You very well could have been, because I didn't want to say that because I wasn't sure. But... I was like, when you, when you say it that way, like, damn, my poor little soul, it's very fractured. Like, help me put that back together. Like just hearing it put that way is like, wow, everyone needs a shaman. (laughs) Like who wouldn't want a shaman? Yeah.
1: Right. Well, yeah, exactly. I I've, I've referred a lot of people her way.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know I've asked you for information before. I never did anything with it, but it's just like a great reminder. Um but before I dive too far down this, I wanted to jump into the irony of like our reconnection. Um, so I'm gonna tell that story real quick before we just like deep dive. Yeah. So my best friend Hannah, uh, we used to live together. I don't know. Years ago, like this is probably back in like twenty ten, probably twenty eleven. I would say, yeah, it would have been two
1: thousand eleven. Yeah, because it was. I was working at Bravo. Yep. <laughs> so that was mm-hmm. eleven years ago. I think. So I
0: think it was like right around then, and you and Hannah worked together. So that's how we met. And then just like life and stuff, we were kind of just doing our own thing. And then literally a couple months ago it had to have been a couple months ago, I went to a breathwork session. And that was my first in-person breathwork session. It was at a local uh, yoga studio. And you were there. And we reconnected and just like instant rekindling. Also, that was like in my beginning moments of like openly Like diving into my spirituality, like publicly, and like going to classes and kind of like finding my tribe type of thing. So it was a moment of like, oh my God, I'm not the only weirdo. Like I know someone who is into this too. So it was really amazing. And we'll get to that later. But now you're going to be in a part of my retreat, this next one in August. And it's just like so full circle to me that we go back and just like reconnected in that moment.
1: It's Dude, wild. It was hysterical because, so I have to be super honest. And I think I've said this, maybe I haven't said this explicitly to you, but oh um, <laughs> yeah, like life happened. We grew apart. Uh, not yeah. that like we grew apart because it's not like we were like super close, but like we were definitely yeah. friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you like literally the night before, I think maybe two days, but I think it was literally the night before that. I forgot about work that. Shop, yep. You had followed me on Instagram, which like, and I was like, like, I saw it, but in my head, I'm thinking like Deanna's like the bikini competitor. She's all <laughs> fitness and like hardcore. And I, I don't know how much we have in common. So like, <laughs> I, I didn't follow you back on purpose. <laughs> you bitch. And then literally I like you walk into the breathwork workshop and I was like, Oh, like super cool. And it wasn't until you opened your mouth and started sharing, and I was like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> this is my people. I didn't know you were like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh. Yes, this is no accident. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Even crazier because I literally <laughs> forgot about that. And you know how I'm pretty sure it popped up. Hannah had liked one of your posts. It was your TEDx speech. And I was like, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Like, good for her. Haven't talked to her a bazillion years, but like happy for her. And I was like, let me just see if I can find her Instagram. And that was like, what are the chances? they are not. It's just like that was meant to line up.
1: Yeah, there's no uh, there is no us. chances. <laughs> but
0: it's just like how wild. And to like thinking about it, there were Danny and Lua who were also at my retreat. I met them that night as well. I didn't didn't talk to them, but mm-hmm. remember they shared. And in when they walked out, we were talking and I was like, You guys are so cute. There was this couple there. And for me, that was the first time I had seen like males doing any sort of healing. So I was like, mm-hmm. How cool is that? Like, love mm-hmm. this. Um, And then like randomly they ended up being in the retreat as well. So it's just like so crazy how things come full circle. And before I lose this thought, I do want to say this is exactly why I always preach so hard about being your authentic self and finding your voice because you will attract your tribe. Like literally, as Kaylee just said, when she was like, Mm. she is my people. Like I felt like such a weirdo at that point in time. And then I found you again who they're like, this is your this is your jam. And why wouldn't you want to be surrounded by the people who are into the same things (laughs) as you and are just like wholly openly themselves? And you have done so much healing for me just in our conversations, like consistently. So I mean, yeah, just just be yourself, people. You're
1: making me tear up. So you know what I'm realizing, D? What? That was three months ago. Mm-hmm. That was March. Uh huh. That is nuts.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just think, it was no how time at all. Much, nothing. I was just like, how much? I have full body chills right now. How much has changed in three months? Like, I feel like that was a
1: lifetime ago.
0: That was like my was first outing, and in three months, like,
1: like what? Uh-huh. Yeah, and speaking then, of like, sprinting towards the path. Right.
0: I was just going to say like when you get in alignment, those quantum shifts just happen and just these excessive jumps into being on the path that you're supposed to be. <laughs> uh, for for you guys, I can't see Kayla's dancing and it's great. Um, but like when you just follow <laughs> just your heart so and your passion, it does. It feels so good. It feels so right. And you just you very quickly reach your your milestones, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations when you're doing what you're set out to do, what you're passionate about, what you're authentic about. The universe always finds a way, always provides. So yeah, real cool. Um, okay. So getting back into our story here, how did you – how did you realize you were so gifted? Like, how did you come into knowing like, Hey, I'm a medium. And like, I would love to hear about that. Yeah.
1: How did I? So <laughs> I, like, I don't know. Um, so the, the, the answer is, cause people ask me this all the time is like, yeah, how did you know? And it it wasn't like a, when, like I've always had it. When I realized what it was, I look back on my life and see that it was always there. Mm -hmm. But what started happening in grad school in Pennsylvania is I started, like I said, really nursing and nurturing my spirituality. And I started meditating differently, right? Like I wasn't doing like meditations to control anxiety. I was meditating to like astral project or manifest or like go into a quantum field. So it was like a a different kind of meditation. And I would meditate for like hours on the Susquehanna river and like fully leave my body and have some really crazy experiences. And it was around then that I started just having more, Downloads is like kind of what I call them when I'm not intentionally channeling. Mm -hmm. So, channeling is when I'm like, I sit down and I mean to like bring spirit through. Whereas, if I'm just like out walking about in my regular life and things kind of drop in, I call that a download. Anyway, I was having that more and more often. But our minds, our egos are fantastic at compartmentalizing so that we don't have to like change our identity. Right. So at the time I was still really struggling to not be the crazy girl. Right. Because you have to understand, I spent the entirety of mm. my high school career in and out of psychiatric hospitals. Mm-hmm. So I was super, super sensitive and like wounded in that way. Cause I didn't want another reason for people to think I was crazy. Ugh. Um mm. And I yeah I'm getting like emotional yeah. even just thinking about it because it makes me really sad to know that I like neglected myself in that way because I was never crazy I was just really really struggling um but that's what like that's the vernacular you get. And even when you're in a psychiatric facility, that's the that's the language that's tossed around among the other people there because like humor helps you survive. And so we would often joke about how we were just tossed in the loony bin. And so I had a really like deep core wound about that. And I was not really comfortable telling people like, yeah, well, I can also tell you what's going to happen in the future. And I can also talk to dead people. Like <laughs> that, was, that was a little bit of a stretch for me at the time. But then when I moved back home and I was still like continuing to like work with Kim, that's my shaman. And, and, do more intentional spiritual work, the downloads got like way too consistent and way too specific and accurate. And I started really not being able to deny what was going on. Like I just, my cousin texted me and I was like, oh, you're pregnant. And then she like sends me a picture of the sonogram. My friend was expressing concerns about money and I was like, oh, money's coming. I don't know why. And the next day she got this huge refund check and things like that were happening more and more. And I was just like, huh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. And then it was, uh, so again, like, I'm just like, kind of like holding this intention again. So for me, this all kind of came out of the intention to switch career paths. I had been manifesting a career shift since graduate school. And now I'm home. I'm working as a therapist. I'm still like doing this virtual work and I'm still just finding joy and whatever. And I'm like being kind of laid these breadcrumbs and it led me eventually during the pandemic to an intuitive development course. And it's funny because I had heard about it three months prior when I heard the price tag, I was like, mm, no, thank you. And then three months later, when it came up in a session actually with Kim, she's like, what's the course you need to be taking? I was like, damn it. <laughs> Cause I knew like, and of course, like I, and like, I had never said anything about it to her, but I was like, okay, like, but it felt good. It felt exciting. It just felt scary to make that large of an investment. I had never made that large of an investment in myself um, financially other than, well, actually that's a lie because I spent a whole ton of money on graduate school. Right. Um, And I think like, that's been helpful for me, right. Like realizing how much I paid for tuition and how much more I use like the spiritual work that I've invested in over the years. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a slight I tangent. Like,
0: but. I feel like that's that thought process of the, like that concrete, like school is concrete. I will get something out of this because that's that mainstream. Like everyone goes to college and then we get a job mm-hmm. versus like when you're investing in yourself in something on the side, you're like, Oh, that's scary. Like, what if I'm wasting my money? You know what I mean? When in theory, like, you could be wasting your money with either of them.
1: Oh, my gosh, absolutely. And that is almost increasingly becoming the case in some regards. But anyway, so anyway, three months later, she tells me, like, oh, there's some course you need to be taking. I was like, I already know what it is. And so I messaged the woman who I know is teaching this course. And of course, it starts tomorrow, like, the new cohort of it starts tomorrow. But the thing is, is at that time, when I went to like make that payment, I paid in full, it didn't feel scary anymore. Like I had like, so this is also a philosophy I operate under. And I know that we've talked about this so much. I understand that the universe is always getting you ready. Mm -hmm. So I've experienced, particularly in the last year, like I'm amazed at how much practice the universe or God or whatever, my higher self or whatever is setting myself up for. So, right. So like learning about that, course, three months prior and knowing the price, knowing the investment really helped me kind of like get myself around it by the time that it was appropriate for me to make that investment. Mm -hmm. And that happens over and over again. Like I, I just can't, I, I spoke at city hall, um, about like suicide prevention and awareness to like all the councilmen in the council chambers. And I had never stepped foot in, in city hall before in my life but when i was seeing josh the man who facilitated the breath breathwork workshop that we both attended for context we randomly one day went to city hall come on like just like walked around city hall i swear to god and we and he said he's like let's try to go into the council chambers because it's so beautiful in there but we couldn't because it was locked but like how bizarre is that right like that like i said like i was practicing what it would be like to walk into city hall go up to the 13th floor and speak at the council chambers and i didn't even know it
0: that's so funny too like in that when you when you explain it that way it just makes me think of like how every single thing that happens to you every person that enters your life every like everything has a reason like obviously you and him whatever now is different versus then but like you had to have that experience with him For that scenario Mm -hmm. to happen, for you to be prepared to go in and have that speech. Like everything is always laid out for us. You just have to trust that there's a purpose in everything Mm -hmm. we do.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Fast forward. I take the course. It's held on Zoom. I get on the call and we have like a quick opening meditation. And then we just are literally paired up and we're supposed to start channeling. And I do. Like I I pick a person and I'm like, okay, okay. And I start reading her and I don't know, I might channel for like four or five minutes. And she's like, that's everything that's going on for me this week. Wow. Uh, Like I spoke about like a a career pivot, like her parents having some issue with it. Um, Her parents expressing like they really wanted her to like have like a solid nine to five. Um, But she had been self-employed for some time and she was considering going back to like the structured routine of a nine to five, but she like was not wanting to do that. And that's like, like everything that came through. And she was like, yeah, that's it. (laughs) And I, and I, I was super excited, but like me ego was like, that's a fluke. You made Mm. that up like you, you know what I mean? But then Mm. through the course, it was enough. I had done it enough times that I was like, not only am I legit, I am very good. (laughs) You're super good. (laughs) Um, So then I started. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's cool. It's really fun. And it's crazy because I literally surprise myself every time I give a reading, every Mm. time I feel like I'm making it up. So word to the wise out there. I will let you know when that like really fully owning it happens, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, I still feel like I'm making it up every time. And then every time I open my eyes and people are like crying and they're like, holy, like how? how, Like, how would you know that?
0: I feel like, I mean, sometimes stuff will just come to you or actually – um, I remember when I just happened to be on Instagram and you were like, I'm going to do a free <laughs> reading for anyone. And I was like, ooh, me, me, me. And it was spot on. And like everything you'll just randomly get like messages for me. And they're always so spot on. Um, yeah. So it's funny to hear you say like, you still question yourself because I know that's not the case. And actually Kaylee asked me to be uh, like a test student for um the students that were going through mm, her mm-hmm. intuitive course and of course I did it and every single thing that they channeled was so spot on except for one thing really pissed me off. And I'm still mad that this came. To be-
1: <laughs> I'm still very upset, about it, which is something we've discussed previously. Yeah. I mean, like literally, I'm, and
0: I'm mad because I, which I'll share. It's not a big deal. But like every other thing was so spot on. So I'm like that there's no way that this is the one thing that's <laughs> inaccurate. So it really pisses me off. I'm actually I literally was like spiraling for two days, Kaylee, because I'm like, no, this is not what I, I want know. for my life. But like, <laughs> That's the joke of it all. We don't like it. it, It's it's what's going to happen. But I was very certain that I was only having one child, and both of the girls in your course were like, "I see a baby in your near near future," and I'm like no, if you don't like that, the, you're wrong there. And Kaylee was like, oh, honey, just accept it because it's like 100% coming. So I was not okay for a couple of days because that was not in the cards for me.
1: Well, and two, like speaking of the universe is getting you ready. Like you can, yeah. you're one, you have free will, right? Like, so always free will exists, but you are a woman who wants to live in alignment in surrender. Mm -hmm. And so like, if it's for your highest, which it seems that it is like, you are eventually going to lay, like lay down, hand it over and be like, I'm Mm -hmm. ready. And you just need to throw your temper tantrum for a little bit, clearly. (laughs) And that's, that's okay. Right? Like, I remember having a, a conversation um, with a friend of mine, like similar to this, that of, oh man, I do this a lot, right? Like when it was time to quit my job or, or do other work, like I was like, I don't want to. And I'm like stamping my feet, I'm tossing my fist down. But like, and then once I'm done with that, I can come to the place of like, no, this is actually what yep. I want to. Mm-hmm. This is like definitely what I really want. I'm just fucking afraid. I
0: mean, absolutely. 100% comes down to fear for sure in so many ways. Like, will I be a good mom if I have multiple children? Will I still be Mm. able to love my son fully if I have to share my attention with multiple kids? Will I still be a good entrepreneur if I have to like focus on more children? Like, of course, it comes down to fear. But I will say I'm so grateful that that happened because if I had just woke up pregnant one day, I would have been in a terrible spiral versus what you just said mm-hmm. of knowing, like, I had my temper tantrum. I've come to a more accepting place of it. And I will get to a point where, like, of course, I want another child. Like, I will love all the babies that I have. To, you know what I mean? So, like, that's such a good um, explanation of that that process and kind of just processing things. So, yeah, I guess. Mm. Thank you for ruining my life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You chose
0: this, right, I didn't. Okay, so moving on from these, these <laughs> unexpected children. Um, so I guess we we kind of already talked about your process of a little bit, like you jumping into entrepreneurship. Um, I do want to chat about it a little more though, because you are the only other person that I personally know who is crazy like me and does a 100,000 things. So I guess just like that yeah. journey, <laughs> how that all looks for you and all the things that you offer because you do a million things.
1: I super do. Yeah. So I, oh man, like I live my life. So speaking of like what we were saying before, like we always have free will, but I really at a certain point, just like fully committed to surrender and living my life by doing what spirit or source or God tells me to do. And I think you know, like speaking of human design or astrology, I think that that's like our strategy that we work best with. So I'm both a manifesting generator and I am a Gemini. And so, and I am a Leo moon. So I have a lot of like fiery air. I have a lot of energy and I can move super quickly. I learn super quickly. I speak super quickly. So I can do a whole lot at once um, and I can shift really quickly. And so, from the outside to somebody who's a little bit more measured or likes to feel a little bit more grounded, I, my life could look pretty crazy (laughs) and I'm so okay with that. But I gave my first paid reading in September of 2020 and I quit my job in January of 2021 because yeah, speaking of like how our friendship has developed, like when it's for you and it's time, it's time. And it, it went so fast by December, I was making more money working 10 hours a week, taking coaching clients, life coaching clients. So marrying, you know, the mysticism with my clinical background and giving readings that I was working 40 hours a week in my nine to five. So I was like, okay, well, like, peace. Um, Because also, it's not like it was an accident, right? Like, this wasn't completely impulsive. This is what I had been very intentionally curating and manifesting for years Mm -hmm. at that point. So I was like, all right, let me fly. But my commitment to listening to Source has not stopped. So I trust that my interest and my curiosity is guiding me. So that has opened up new avenues of work. So I now also work as a death doula, and that's um, more on a limited basis recently, but it's something that I'm incredibly passionate about. Mm. So for those of you wondering, because it's not exactly a I'd common, never heard of common term, yeah. so a death doula is an individual who provides emotional and spiritual support to a person who is dying, going through the dying process. Uh, just as a doula exists for women giving birth, bringing souls into this earth, I give support to people who are leaving this earth and discarding their bodies and moving on to whatever whatever's next. And mm-hmm. I, I love it so much. I I kind of came to it after a really profound plant medicine experience where I experienced death again. And I came back and I just realized how how fortunate I am to have I mean, already with my like suicide my my dying, a clinical death, and then dying, um, a death in plant medicine. I, I realize that I I kind of hold myself as a, in a seat of privilege with my relationship with death because I understand that most people are walking around terrified of this thing that is definitely coming, and I've seen how this fear of death and this inability to Kind of reconcile with this certainty that's coming, not only for us, but everybody we love, how much that negatively impacts what they're willing to do in this life and their relationships, right? Like families fall apart at the end of life, whether that's their parent or their spouse, because nobody's willing to talk about, well, what's going to happen when they die before mm. death is imminent. And then that's why you see all the the issues that arise, right? Like arguing about property, arguing about estates, arguing about, well, should she be buried here? Or does she want her ashes scattered here? But because people are so unwilling to like look at and, and embrace this this inevitable right. demise, it totally robs us of of some of our vitality. And so while I, I really love serving the dying, and I think it's it's a really beautiful opportunity to kind of like sit with some truth. I also am very passionate about it because I think it allows me to serve better the living. Um, so that's one of my things. <laughs> um i have also recently gotten into public speaking cuz i'm i'm super passionate about healing and so i like i said previously i would not be alive if it weren't for therapy and medication but i would not be thrilled to be alive i didn't i i wasn't i i relented to being alive right like i was okay to be here but it wasn't until i started embracing my spirituality and embracing like all this like vast expanse of me that I had like kept hidden for the longest time that I really began to be happy to be here. And it's just helped me in such profound ways. So I'm really passionate about kind of bringing holistic healing back into the mainstream. And so that's why I talked about embracing suffering in my TED talk, because that's like the the way that I got here. Whereas like where I was working and, and, and of course there are, there are models of psychotherapy that are a little bit more holistic and spiritually centered, but that was not my program. That that was not my education. And that was certainly not the corporation that I was working for. It was very much like survival. And granted, a lot of our Clients were in survival, but like it kind of gave no option for like what, how to change working with them once they were out of survival. And that's just like not what I'm about because I really believe that like we didn't come here to survive and like pay taxes and die. I believe that we came here to be fully expressed and fully joyful and, and no freedom. And so that's why I'm really passionate about like speaking about all the ways in which I got here. And that's not for everybody, but I'm super passionate about speaking about things that people don't want to speak about.
0: (laughs) Which you're really good at. And I think too, it's so... Uh, and I mean, you know it firsthand because you were in it like that. And I've gone through therapy, too, but I feel like our society is so set on or being based on a model of putting a band-aid on something. And instead uh, of getting yeah. to the root of the issue, like you just said, like there is a way to live, thrive, you know, live this joy and wholeness, health and happiness versus like, all right, here's a sticker. Cause you went to therapy and like, we'll see you next week. It's okay. Well, well you'll, you'll make it through another mm-hmm. week. Um, and there's so much, but you know, there's just so much more to life than getting by,
1: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, because I think we're really taught and I hear this all the time and it just makes me want to like shake people. Is like mm-hmm. good vibes only, or like, I'm not talking to that person anymore. Cause they're toxic. And, That's just like fraudulent in some regard, right? Because the human experience necessitates suffering. Mm. You don't nobody gets out of here without having a shit day. Mm -hmm. Let alone many of them, right? Like things fall apart, people die, our hearts get broken, we our bodies deteriorate, suffering happens. And when we like don't have acclimation to that, or we don't normalize that, then we're shocked when it happens. And then we think something is wrong with us. And that is such a disservice. And it, and it breaks my heart because if we can make friends with suffering Mm -hmm. and not in like a masochistic way, right? Not in a way that we like seek it out, but if we can make friends with it, then we don't have to push it away and then we can more readily come back to love, come back to joy. But if our goal is always to just feel good, because we think that's what we're supposed to yeah. do, then we make a whole mess.
0: And I think too, like you don't know what feeling good really is unless you felt bad. <laughs> like you appreciate Ooh, the, the right. like. Yeah, you appreciate those good moments so much more when you know what it's like to not feel that way. And I think I speak from, um, you know, just my perspective when I say, you feel very alone in those moments when you're so busy trying like you're not alone in your suffering in a way. Like we're all like you just said, we're all going through trauma. We're all going through bad things. Like I like I have hard days because my dad died. But when you say it that way, it's like lots of people's dad died, like everyone's dad dies and not taking, not taking away (laughs) from my being able to feel sad about it. But like just coming to that under, like if we talked about it more, if I was more prepared for what was coming, I mean, not that you can prepare for that, but I just understand what you're saying of like being more realistic with the inevitable um, I think would make you feel a lot less alone and going through your things and more open to talking about it and more opening, open to leaning on others when you're going through it versus like bottling it up because like it's just me and my my sadness.
1: Absolutely, because we evolved to heal through community, to mm-hmm. heal through sharing, to through relating. Right. So this blew my mind. I, um, in this fantastic book I read recently about developmental trauma, we evolved to know 60 to hundred people. Think about how many people you just follow on Instagram. Right. Right. Yeah. We evolved to like have the capacity, our, our brains to know 60 to hundred people. I follow, I think like 400 and something. And that's very, that's a, on the low end. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now think about how many people you truly know and truly feel connected with. So again, we're kind of negotiating this, like feeling like, why do I feel like something's wrong? Because Mm -hmm. I know all these people, but I don't feel truly seen and truly known by maybe anybody. There are plenty of people who walk around this life not feeling truly seen or known by anyone. And that's in part because they're so unwilling and so terrified to share who the fuck they are because they think something's wrong with them because they have shame, because they have suffering. And that's just like, like I said, it breaks my heart. And so that's why I'm so passionate about like, I, I will the first time I meet somebody, I'll be like, yep, I had an eating disorder. Yep. I had sexual trauma. Yes. I committed suicide or I attempted suicide a number of times because I just want so much to be a permission slip to people to show them like it can be done. Like we can talk about these things and like, look how good I am. <laughs> I like, I mean, people say to me all the time, like it's, it's the craziest thing to like experience your energy speaking about the experiences that you've had, because it makes no sense. And I said, I know that's the point. Like, that's why I'm so passionate about just laying it all out there because it's crazy. Like it, it was, it's a different person. And that's what like Joe Dispenza says, right. Is like to change your future, you literally have to change the person you are. And, and so people get afraid of that, right. People get afraid of doing that. Well, like, so for example, like I thought I wouldn't be funny anymore. Like turns out I'm still hilarious, (laughs) right? Like, (laughs) um, but like, it's not like all of a sudden I'm going to wake up and like, I don't know, be really into like a race car driving. I don't know. Like you're still you, but like you just become a, a, a more expressed, more joyful, more lovely version of you that feels safer.
0: I will say too, you are the biggest permission slip in my life that I've ever experienced. So like you've achieved your (laughs) goal. So like, like, okay, what's what's next? Because like you are, checkbox, like you already (laughs) did that. So yeah, like hands down, that's what I met when I said like our conversations are always like, quantum leaps for me always just like you are just wow, a glowing so light much. of authenticity and you fully are like and she is not joking she is like hey i'm kaylee and boom 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 and one of those things has to line up with you and you're like mind blown like okay well if you can share that then i can share that and it's just like a what like i'm gonna hand off the permission slip to someone else now like you are a creator of permission slips so thank you
1: Oh, wow. Thank you. That feel, that, mm. mm-hmm. that is so, that feels so delicious. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> I love you so much. You are very welcome. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I want to switch gears to the retreat. Well, for, mm-hmm. I would love for you to share like your experience, but before we do that, so like I literally reached out to Kaylee after talking to Brittany. I was like, I really feel like Kaylee needs to be there. I was just very called to like offering it to you. And I was not upset about my decision whatsoever. Um, I mean, just having your energy there was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Having your knowledge there, all of it, your presence, all the things. But it was a very validating experience for me too, which I hope you share about, wank wank, um, even just like your breathwork. Uh, what happened in breath work for me? It was just a very moment of like, okay, I can do this too, and like holding space and like being there and like knowing that like things are gonna get crazy, but like I've got, I, I can get through it because you're you uh you were the highlight of that for me. But yeah, <laughs> just go ahead and share if you would the experience and maybe yeah,
1: just start there. So for context, I'm I have to like share because you guys can't see this because you'll only see hear the audio, but I am like cannot stop dancing. I am loving this so (laughs) much. Um, It's just so much fun. It's my favorite thing. Um, But yeah, so for context, I, like I said, I've been on healing journey for about five or, well, for like a long time, like 11 or 12 years, but on the spiritual kind of leg for about five years. And I have been introduced to breath work a number of times that I've always kind of danced around it. Like I will do... I put myself in vats of ice water all the time. I will sit with terrifying plant medicine. I will do lots of things, but I have always found myself dancing around breath work. And I asked myself in January, why, why is this? And immediately I was like, oh yeah, you hanged yourself. So if you're not familiar um, with the term or phrase, the body keeps the score, that is it. So our not only is trauma stored in our brains, trauma is stored in our bodies. So when our body experiences physical or somatic sensations similar to those that were experienced during a traumatic event, like you have a trauma response triggered. And so because I, my brain and my body knows that I was... I almost died because of a lack of oxygen flow. I've always been really afraid of and avoidant of breath work. And of course, as soon as I realized this in January, I was like, oh, well, I guess that means I'm going to be doing breath work pretty (laughs) soon. And then of course, like a month later, I meet a guy who facilitates breath work and entertain like a brief romantic relationship with him. So of course... Like I said, the universe is always working out and for us. And that's how you ended up at that <laughs> um, class that we were both at. Like, exactly. Pol- and that's how I met Deanna yeah. because I'm, yeah, th- always kind of pursuing the, the things I'm afraid of in the name of my healing. So anyway, fast forward to the retreat and we lay down and I know enough by now about breath work that I'm going to experience death because that's kind of what I always do as I always experience Dying, Um, Because I I think in in a lot of ways that that is like one of the gifts that I have on this planet is to be like a messenger of death. And again, like not like in a fucking creepy, ominous way, but in a way (laughs) that's like, this is truth and this is what's happening and this is what gives our lives any meaning and like, let's talk about it. But in order to do that effectively, I have to know death very well. So anyway, I lay down and I'm starting to do this breath. And the breath that we did, I hated even more (laughs) than the other breath because that I'm used to doing, which is holotropic breathing. It's similar, but slightly different in that like you sound like you're dying. So you're in a room or in this like shelter. It's open air. It's so beautiful. But especially Dom, this one guy, he's like 6'2". So he's got big old lungs. And I hear him sounding like he's gasping for air and sounding like he's dying. And meanwhile, I'm having and I'm having the the physical sensation of you are gasping for air. You are in danger. You are dying. And I'm pretty um, quickly able to go into like kind of a psychedelic state with this work now. And I experience I go back into a past life where I had. A miscarriage, and then chose to end my life by cutting my wrists in a bathtub. And I experienced that death again. And at that point, I let out like a blood curdling shriek and just started sobbing. (laughs) And it's all very dramatic. And but I'm like still in trance and I'm still in the breath. And uh, but I'm like reliving this moment to like clear that energy and clear that trauma. And then I, like, after I'm done sobbing, I stop breathing, like, completely. And so Deanna and Brittany were walking around the room, like, um, doing some energetic work and, like, offering oils to, like, help facilitate the process. And Deanna had come to me by that point, and she's getting afraid. And she's saying, Kaylee, breathe. And I was in my head, like, I was just trying to communicate with her telepathically because I was very much not ready to come back yet. And so I knew that I needed to just like be dead for a while and I was not breathing. Like I was not breathing for a very long time. And Deanna was like, I, I felt her getting, getting more and more afraid. Like Kaylee come back. And finally I just said out loud, like, no. Um, Cause it I was, was getting like <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> for the record, I was like, honor my process, please. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I, I like I was my highest self for someone was like really getting frustrated that my process was not being honored because I and I know that like my friend Deanna just has some fear of death that she's gotta work through and I'm happy to help her. No 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 um, I was
0: afraid you were gonna die on my property under my watch. I'm like <laughs> listen, if you wanna right. if you wanna fulfill your death needs, please do them elsewhere, not at this <laughs> point. <laughs> i literally you sorry not to cut you off but you literally said again it was not you they's whoever your higher self What she is not ready <laughs> and i was like oh got it okay i'm gonna mm-hmm. let you do what you gotta do like she's okay in there but i'm gonna leave
1: you to do what you have to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so then she walked away which was nice yeah I'm like all right because i um yeah and so I have no idea. I I wasn't breathing for like quite some time. Um, But then I came back and when I came back, it was this joyful Mm -hmm. choice. And so for context, when I did um, hang myself, when I was 18, I was in a coma for four days. So it wasn't like I like got defibrillated and came back immediately. Like I was in that like between worlds for quite some time. And I've re-experienced that kind of like liminal space a number of times between breath work and plant medicine and just meditation. And like, I think there's something really potent for me there that like, it is my duty in a lot of ways to like bring that down into this plane, Um, bring that wisdom of like the transition of the, in between of the mystery uh, mystery um, for whatever reason, honestly, like it hasn't like fully materialized into like tangible like talking yeah. points. <laughs> but um, I, I definitely like, cause that, that experience has happened often. I, I, I took um, a psilocybin journey last fall and I re-experienced being in a coma and I heard my mother talking to me while I was in a coma, like in the hospital and her like begging me to come back and like saying, you know, I love you. I'm here. And just like, but like the strain in her heart and in her throat. And I remember her saying, I heard her saying like, are you in there? And I was silent for a long time, like just kind of like floating in that ether. And then I said, yeah, I'm here. And then immediately I was back online.
0: Wow. And
1: I I don't, yeah. And so it was really very interesting, but I, and I, like I said, I haven't like fully sorted that out, but I think it's very clear to me that there's something for me to, to bring to um, this plane to the people that I work with and the sh- that I share with um, from being able to entertain that space.
0: That's super powerful. Which I'm excited to see because I feel like when you have your things click, I'm um, one they click fast, and I feel like they're continuous. So like obviously I know that it will come. Um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it was it was definitely super powerful. Mm-hmm. I would love if you would share like why you would recommend that retreat to someone in, you know, in any way that it was healing for you, um, aside from what you just shared, just kind of like that. And also the fact that you're actually going to be partaking and facilitating at the next one, which is super exciting.
1: Yeah. So interestingly, like it kind of blew my mind that I've never attended a retreat before, Mm. um, which is wild. like given like how much I've like really steeped myself in this kind of like realm of work. But there were a lot of components that I felt were like necessary and sufficient to allowing me to experience the quantum leap. Is really it? I, and I know that it's a term that's like tossed around really quite f- almost flippantly in this kind of space. I've never had one before. Uh, and maybe I have, but I have not felt this way. I, I think. I don't think I have. I think this was the first quantum leap I really ever experienced. Um, I left that retreat feeling like a different person, feeling like vibrating so high that it, it, I, I just haven't experienced that without, without, I've experienced that one other time and that was sitting with five MEO DMT, which is literally called the God molecule. So like, it's like the most potent plant medicine on the planet. Um, So aside from that, like, I, I really haven't had an experience like that, but I think there were a lot of things that contributed to that. One was being in the middle of nowhere and not having cell phone service. So, and I had, when, I think you had said something about like how service was limited and at that point, I committed to just not looking at my phone. Um, and then when we arrived, the Wi-Fi in the house that we were staying in Chakra. was out. So that like kind of, right, exactly. So that like really solidified it for me that like, no, we're, we're doing this for real. And then the Wi-Fi ended up working, but I, I really wanted to commit to like unplugging because I have never unplugged before in my life. <laughs> um, and so that allowed me like the kind of like mental container right because like after the day's activities like I very easily could have like gone on Instagram when I went back to my room but like I really didn't want to I really wanted to just like hold tight the container for like the compound effect to occur in two it was just literally so beautiful and I think aesthetically like you guys did such an excellent job making it a cozy space outside of like the actual healing activities we were doing right so like I still feel so like humbled and nurtured and taken care of like the meals that we had, how beautifully decorated the space was, how clean it was, how, you know, you had like the teas and all the extra like accoutrement (laughs) um, that really like all, like all those small details really fed the greater, tone and energy of the weekend. And then um finally I think you know like all the cuz all the the things that we did like activity wise were all things I've done before. Right. I think it it was really the power of the container and the community that blasted me off. Um because I've I love groups. I love people. I'm so passionate about like real connection and community. And we definitely established that like immediately. Like day one introductions, we were all just like, we all went so far in. And I was like, I'm so not used to people meeting me where I'm at. Right. Like, so like I said before, like I will bare my chest 30 seconds into meeting anybody and like, not from like a needy way, just like a, like, this is who I am. And like, this is like, I'm all good with this. Um, but everybody met me there, mm-hmm. which I'm not used to. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really cool and fun. And it was just clear that everybody was there for the same reasons, right like there were people who maybe like were new to spirituality there were people that were more like farther along and I don't even want to use that word uh, just have been on this path longer. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no farther along right, right? Um, but that like everybody just met everybody where they were at and it was almost like the conversations that occurred between activities. And like the validation and the sharing that occurred between activities was like really where the juice was for me, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, It just allowed me to feel so seen for such an extended period of time by effectively strangers, Mm -hmm. right? Like I've had experiences of that, like where I felt like really seen and like not only seen, but like honored by like romantic partners or friends, but like just like kind of in passing moments where this was like a really concentrated experience of that. And that was very, very empowering. And again, like, I know that I really hold that intention is so powerful. And so like, it's not a coincidence to me that you've chosen the name empowerment, spiritual retreats. Cause like I've done many like healing and releasing things, but not so much work around empowerment. And that is exactly how I walked Mm. away feeling was like, I walked away feeling like a brilliant beacon of light.
0: (laughs) You literally, and I think it was really cool. First of all, thank you for sharing all that. That was really well put together. And I am honored and I feel like I want to give myself a little pat on the back. Like I feel real good about that. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Also just thinking about it, like again, going back to like, this was still just a thought three months ago. And like, it happened like crazy, crazy, crazy. But I love so much that everybody who came to that retreat came for a different, like they had a different experience. So you saying how like we all, they met you at that level. We all, everyone had something so profound to share, but we were all in total understanding of like, we're here for the same purpose, even though it was all for different, through different experiences. Um, and mm-hmm. what you just said was so big for me that makes so much sense like in a way when we when we are seen by our partners and our friends it's almost kind of expected um and to be seen that way mm-hmm. from strangers mm-hmm. was just a total different it just hits different you're so right when you say that like i've never felt so seen in my entire life and it was by a group of people mm-hmm. that I hadn't met or don't know in that way. And like you said, they just have that, I don't want to say respect for you, but just like in awe of what you bring to the table. We were all in awe of what everybody brought to the table. And that felt so good. That feels Mm -hmm. so good.
1: Yeah. Because that's what it's like. That's what we all crave, right? (laughs) Is is somebody to really know us and really know us and not only accept, but honor and cherish. Yeah. And that's why we're constantly terrified and avoidant of being our full selves. Because if we don't, if we pull back parts of ourselves, if we're rejected, then, well, they weren't re- really rejecting me. They were rejecting who I'm pretending to be. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. I can, mm-hmm. I can digest that. Wow.
0: <laughs> that was so, so good. <laughs> like that is such a powerful statement. And it's so true. Like I don't care if you don't like that fake version of me. It's not me. It's it's fine. But like if I throw myself on the mm-hmm. table for you and you reject that like that you rejected me at my core. Yeah. Like that's a mm-hmm. scary thought. We all like crave yep. being accepted. Kaylee, thank you so much for being a guest. Um, I mean, we could literally talk forever, obviously. I, I mean, I do just want to say like, if you are looking for any sort of coaching, anything like that, definitely check out Kaylee. I'll make sure to have her information in the show notes. Also again, she just launched a podcast. Kaylee, I believe that, well, when this goes live, it will already have been out, but yeah, well, I'm excited for you for that. I can't wait to tune in and. uh just, I love you. I love everything that you bring to the table, your authenticity, everything about you. Thank you again for being a permission slip. And, um, -hmm. I just want to say, you know, everything you shared today was very impactful. So thank you.
1: Ah, my absolute pleasure. Also, if any of you out there are looking or seeking to develop your own intuition, Mm -hmm. I am launching a new round of my intuitive development program, Open the Oracle, that will begin July 13th. It's an eight-week course designed to assist you stepping into your power and honoring the gifts that already are innately within all of us. I have so many people come through my intuitive development coaching who are on a spiritual path and like know that they're a little bit intuitive and then they complete working with me and then they are taking payment for readings. This could be you. You're not crazy. And that's what I'm here to show you. So if you have any interest in that, find me on Instagram, slide in the DMs and we will get you registered because spots are limited. Mm, thank you for sharing that. I hope it
0: sits with somebody because, uh, guys, she's amazing. So thank you again. I will chat with you soon. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to find out more, you can follow me on Instagram at Empowered with Deanna and my personal page, Fit lolita. You can also visit me on my website, which is dianamerlinofit.com. Make sure that whatever platform you guys are listening on, please rate and subscribe. And this means so much to me. It's going to help get me out there to help so many other people. I'm so grateful that you're here with me on this journey of wellness and self-empowerment. I cannot promise that it will always be easy, but I do know that it will always be worth it. Stick with me and together, let's start living as the version of us that we were meant to be because the world is waiting for your gifts and you deserve to live the life of your wildest dreams and beyond. So friends... Let's get empowered.